Welcome everyone to this episode of the SportKite podcast. I am your host, Nick O'Neill, founder of SportKite.org, and I wanted to thank you for tuning in and listening. This podcast is a part of the website SportKite.org, and it's a growing resource for SportKite flyers and enthusiasts. It is all volunteer run and updated. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite. You can also find us on Facebook and we'd love to hear what you think, uh, whether you agree or disagree with what we are saying, or maybe you just want to add something. And yeah, so before we jump into this episode, I've just got a few like little things, house cleaning things I kind of wanted to go over. And the first is that this is episode 22 and sometime about two weeks ago, I forgot to make a big announcement about this, but we surpassed over 2000 downloads of all of the past few episodes of the Sport Kite podcast. So that's really awesome. It means a ton of people have been listening to all the various episodes that we've published and hopefully they've been learning some good stuff and sharing it with their friends or sharing it with their fellow flyers. So yeah, just want to give a shout out to everyone that has listened in and supported us so far. Thank you so, so much. All right, so the next little bit of housekeeping, uh, you're going to see some changes on sportkite.org. It's taking just a little bit for the website updates to kind of roll out because there's just so much information getting added at one time. And we're trying to go through all of the you know, all the processes to make sure we get the, the glitches and the hiccups and all of that out of the way first. So bear with me a little bit uh, if I say that we're adding something new and you don't see it right away. Uh, it may just be another week or two weeks or so. All right, some of the other little housekeeping things that I wanted to put out there is that, yes, I realized that a lot of the Sport Kite podcast up to this point has been somewhat dual line specific with a handful of little bit of quad line interjections. So when we had uh, Spence Watson and also talking with Scott Weeder, we had a little bit more discussion of quad line Sport Kites. Looking to add a lot more of that in the coming future. You know, one of the problems is it is beautiful summertime up here in the Northern Hemisphere. So pretty much all of the kite flyers are out kite flying. So trying to get them to sit down and have a conversation about kites. It's a little bit restricted unless I can catch them on the beach. And yeah, yay COVID, you know, traveling to find them and hang out with them and fly has been a little bit difficult. But things are looking on the up and up. Speaking of which, uh, next week's episode is going to sound a little bit different. I'm going to be taking a long road trip for about a week and a half. And all I'm going to do is just go camp and hike and fly kites and just really lean into the kite flying process. So next week's episode is actually going to be live from the field in a sense. Uh, so I will do it as a, as a Facebook live um, or a YouTube live and I'll post that information on sportkite.org and then I'll record the audio for that and then publish it here on the podcast. Just kind of sharing my impressions of going up and down the coast and flying may stop in at a handful of the kite stores that are left. There's not many. Um, 
and just kind of, you know, maybe interacting with strangers on the street and showing them kite flying or stuff like that. So I kind of have no idea what next week's episode is going to sound like. So bear with me if it's kind of an awkward one. But yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. All right. So what I kind of wanted to talk about is a training plan. Uh, One thing for myself, somewhat as a newbie, that I have found difficult is not having a defined training plan. And I I grew up in the standard uh, American education system where even as a kindergartner, we get rubrics, we get, you know, told what we're going to be taught, and then we kind of go through some steps. And that's how we learn. And, And that's how we've learned to learn. I'm not saying it's necessarily right, but that's just what we're used to. So when we're presented with trying to learn something that's kind of amorphous and and big and out there, it's kind of daunting. And that's that's essentially how I feel about sport kite flying. I was I was telling someone earlier that they are more experienced and I absolutely respect what they're doing, but they grew up with their sport kite flying as sport kite flying was evolving in itself and adapting in itself. So they were right there with the changes. Everybody was kind of carrying the torch forward and learning forward together and developing that path together. And they they built this beautiful book and this wonderful storyline. And now for someone like myself who doesn't have that 30 years of kite flying experience in, in the sport kite community, Uh, I feel like I have a thousand loose leaf pages and I need to make a book. I don't quite know what the storyline is. I I don't, I don't know how things progress. Um, And it's, it's somewhat hard to identify when looking at all these terms and all of these videos and all these suggestions from people, because I, I just don't even know how everything kind of pieces together. I know what I want it to look like in the end, but I don't have that training rubric to kind of get me there. And so it feels really, really daunting. So before I get into all of the nitty gritty details, I just kind of want to go over a very, very basic list. And this is my approach to learning and, and training myself. So this is this is what I have found will probably work for me just a suggestion for you to try, see if this works for you. All right, so the first is just kind of shake out flight. That's you get out and you just fly. There's no in, there's nothing going on other than you just kind of being in the moment and feeling everything that's going on. The second is a warm up. So that includes the visualizing and going through the basics of what needs to happen, actually doing the action. The third is identifying the corrective actions that need to happen or identifying the problem areas. The fourth step is to work on correcting those problem areas one at a time. You only correct a single problem at a time. The fifth step is then to combine those single corrections. The sixth step is then to change up one element. So that would be the entry or uh, changing up the way that you do the turn. And I get into that in, an, in just a minute. And then the seventh is to chain it together or to place it into practice. So 
That is my approach. I'm not saying that this is for everyone, but hopefully that resonates for some of our newer folks, uh, or maybe it gives some insight for some of the more veteran folks. In fact, this is a post I've just started on the Sport Kite Pilots Lounge on Facebook. So if you're in that group and you're listening to this episode sometime in July of 2021 or sometime around there, highly encourage you to go in and check out that Facebook post. Uh, and see what people are saying. See if they agree or disagree or their impressions on being a new person versus a veteran. Anyways, all right, so kind of getting back to establishing a training plan. Uh, I've taken it upon myself to figure out what's going to be the easiest way for me to learn. Uh, for some folks, that involves going to training classes or to finding a mentor or an instructor that can really help them kind of guide the path of where they need to go. I have somewhat access to that and I'll be using that in the near future, but I'm also a self-learner and I love reading books. And I recently picked up a book called Stunt Kite Basics, Making All the Right Moves from Richard P. Synergy. This book was published back in the 1990s. I don't believe it's still in print, but uh, you can find used copies of it sometimes on places like Amazon or uh, what have you. So um, it's, it's a very basic uh, kite flying moves and really what it is to kind of help define some of the terminology here is it is precision maneuvers it is not tricks and what I mean by that is that it is drawing pictures in the sky and doing shapes instead of making the kite do uh, three-dimensional movements within the space. So th this book applies to not only dual line, but it also applies to quad line, even though it originally was only written for dual line. All right, so it is thankfully broken up into novice, intermediate, and expert, and it has like, what is it, uh, 12 different patterns for each one of those groups. So 12 patterns for a novice, 12 patterns for an intermediate, and 12 patterns for an expert. Um, and the way that I chose to approach my training or my understanding of how I could progress my flying was I picked three maneuvers out of that novice category. And in this case, it's called a rowing maneuver, a diamond maneuver, and a pyramid maneuver. And what that is, is the rowing is if you were to draw a horizontal line along the bottom of the wind window, and then you turn up in a nice even arc and you take a parallel horizontal line, you go to the other side of the wind window, you turn upwards and you do another parallel line and everything is spaced out equally. Um, a diamond is a, exactly as it sounds. It is a square that is turned on its axis. So there's a point at the top and a point at the bottom and points out at the side. And a pyramid is obviously just flying a triangle. So these are relatively simple maneuvers to imagine and, and see in the sky. And so I figured they were good maneuvers to start with. And so my approach was first I went and flew about five or 10 of these uh, going both directions. So 
entering the progress of this this maneuver from say the left hand side and then moving across the right hand side of the wind window and then swapping it so I'm entering at the right hand side and then moving across the left hand side of the wind window and all I was doing was just kind of getting a feeling of what it should look like and trying to identify where I might be able to tighten things up, where I saw that things felt a little sloppy. So if I noticed, you know, my parallel lines in the rowing maneuver, so they should be equally spaced across the whole wind window. Well, if the kite is moving up and down while it's doing that, that it's not very parallel so that means that I'm getting kind of sloppy and bumpy in there and that's something I should work on or when I'm doing the turns in the diamond that should be nice and crisp 90 degree angles but if I'm doing these slow lazy angles and maybe I'm over rotating so it's not 90 degrees and and so my all of the sides of my diamond are not equal so yeah, about the first five or 10 times of doing the maneuver, I just kind of flew it and tried to identify where I thought I could use some improvement. Now, again, this would be super helpful if I had someone there that was watching me and could point these things out, or even if I had my camera on and I was filming myself so I could go back and watch these things. But there really is something that's important about kind of tuning into the moment and identifying what is going on. Even if I don't have the skills to fix it, I can see what is going on. And these maneuvers are simple enough that I can imagine what it should look like. These aren't crazy maneuvers. And thankfully, this book does have diagrams and it has descriptions of how you should fly it. So it's fairly simple to visualize what it should look like and see where I'm kind of diverging from that. So after that first round, I then tried to hone in just one part that needed fixing of each one of those maneuvers. Uh, so if say with the rowing maneuver, which is those parallel lines going uh, horizontally across the wind window, working their way up the, the kite window, so from the ground up into the sky, um, if I noticed that my turns were sloppy and my lines weren't parallel and maybe my spacing wasn't even, I just picked one thing and I focused on that and I tried to feel around and see where I could move my hands or move my body in order to achieve what I was looking for. And then once I got it, I tried to replicate that action several times. And I repeated that process for each one of the little things that I had kind of identified within my, my uh, precision maneuver and then tried to kind of blend that all together and then fly that. And I did that for each one of these maneuvers. And then the second thing I did on top of that is I especially with dual line kites, uh, you have push turns and you have pull turns and they achieve essentially the same effect, but it's using your hands either in direct correlation to what needs to happen or in mirror uh, correlation to what needs to happen. So your hands are actually somewhat switched. Um, 
And you need to be able to do both push turns and pull turns when it comes to some of the higher end tricks. So I figured this is a great time to work on muscle memory so that I can feel how I can do these things and kind of cement it. And I don't have to think about doing this when I'm doing more uh, difficult maneuvers or tricks. All of this stuff will just come super naturally. So once I kind of repeated the process after doing everything with say all pull turns, all those maneuvers and kind of working through each step and, and correcting things, then I would do it with all push turns and correct through each step. And then my plan had been to then take those maneuvers and fly them in conjunction with one another. So chain them together. And unfortunately, what happened is the wind kicked up a little bit too hard for the gear that I had. And so I did have to pack up and, and head out. So I, I didn't get to that point yet, but that was essentially my training plan. All right, so if I were to say that my approach to training is essentially a seven-step process when it comes to flying uh, precision maneuvers, and I think it's going to be relatively the same when it comes to slackline maneuvers. However, uh, I only have, you know, my own anecdote to go and say that this is this is my training plan for now, and that's start with number one. That's the shakeout flight. So that's just kind of getting the kite up and flying it around and doing the thing and just, you know, kind of feeling the lines, feeling the kite, feeling the wind, nothing fancy, just, just connecting with the moment. Step two is the warm up. So that's where I'm flying the maneuver and seeing where my starting point is. I kind of want to know where I'm starting from. Number three then is to identify identify each one of those little actions or those little things that I may need to correct. Step four is to correct a single action. Just work a single action at a time. Step five is to combine those single corrections together and then see if you now have that complete picture. Step six is to repeat that whole process, one through five, kind of with slightly different inputs or coming from a, a different direction, a different entry, a different exit, or in the case that I was doing here, uh, using push turns instead of pull turns and also changing my entry point. And then the seventh and final step is to chain that into something else that you can do so that it, it kind of reinforces that, that positive action. All right, so there we go. There is my approach to training myself how to fly sport kites. Now, I know not every listener here will that apply to, but I know we do have some brand new folks who may not have access to those wonderful veterans that want to share all of their knowledge with them. So uh, this may be an approach that works for you in helping you to learn how to fly better. And before I leave on this subject, I just have to put this out there because this has been harped into me by uh, several of the best flyers out there. Slackline tricks are amazing. They're, they're wonderful, especially with dual line kites. But precision flying and being able to 
fly with a very defined tempo, controlling your speed and really marking those corners and making them very, very precise, both in dual line and quad line, is truly the show of someone with skill. So taking the time to really hone and develop those skills and really make those the basic building blocks of your flying will immensely help. It'll just, it'll help all of your slack line flying and it'll make all your flying more complete, especially if you're looking at doing ballet or performance flying where you're going to need to incorporate some of those elements. So yeah, do not put aside just flying some basic maneuvers as something super simple. So, all right. With that, I'm going to go ahead and close out this episode. And I want to send a very big thank you to all of you that have tuned in and listened. And a super huge thank you to all of the supporters who have gone to buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite and chucked in a handful of change. It really, really does help keep this podcast going. It keeps the website hosted. It keeps everything kind of moving forward. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I, I cannot believe the support that we've gotten. It's super amazing. Anyways, with that, I'm going to go ahead and close out. I know I just said that, but I'm going to say it again. So I'm reminding myself, closing out and... Uh, I would love it if you share this podcast with your friends, you share it on Facebook, you share it on Reddit, you share it wherever you can. If you know someone who might be interested in sport kite flying, share this with them. Go ahead and give us a like and a follow on Facebook. And uh, hey, if you feel like it, go ahead and give us a rating on your favorite podcasting platform. And yeah, we'd also love to hear from you. Info at sportkite.org. All right. Till next time. I am out and I'll talk to you guys next week from the field.